What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 86 of the Frameskip Podcast. I am one of your hosts for the evening, Elijah Steele, and with me is... I don't even have nicknames tonight, so Austin Eller. That's me. I don't have a nickname. I'm just a generic young man on this podcast. How's it going, Elijah? Such a nice young man. I'm doing (laughs) all right. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. I'm alive. I'm I'm above the dirt, and I am ready to talk about some video games. Heckins, yeah. We also have the coach, Kyle Newman. You know what, guys? I'm above the dirt, too. I'm ready to talk video games. Hell yeah. (laughs) You don't even get a Heckins. You get a Hellbees. It's so awesome. Oh, we also have the one and only George Loftus. Hi. How are you tonight? Good. Comic books. I'm good. I'm interviewing (laughs) one of my favorite authors of all time this week for Short Box Summary. So I'm nervous. I'm excited. Who is it? It's this guy named Sean McKeever who wrote a whole bunch of like young adult comics for Marvel. And in fact, Elijah Austin, uh, the Young Avengers episode is going live uh, tomorrow as we record on Tuesday. And I mentioned a book called Sentinel about like a Iron Giant version story, basically, that happens in in Marvel. Yeah, and I pre-ordered that right after we finished. Yeah, the guy who wrote that is coming on the show. I'm so excited. That's awesome. I'll try not to get too into details to spoil the story for you but uh yeah please don't yeah god big big (laughs) week i'm it's busy i'm excited i'm nervy big week everyone keep an eye out for that we will plug that podcast again at the end but tonight we're here to talk video games and i know there's a game austin and i have been playing but before we get into that george what have you been playing I mentioned it last week on the podcast i need to talk more about deep rock galactic that game has taken over my life I'm in something of a gaming slump right now. And so I've been just talking to friends through this game, Deep Rock Galactic. You play as a dwarf. There's four different classes. Each one brings something new. And each level you do, each mission you have is like a procedurally generated cavern that you go into. And there's like probably six or seven different mission types, but it all revolves around you collecting X amount of something. You know, you got to get 200 more kite. You got to get six alien eggs and then you always have like a secondary objective and this game is like impossible to beat like i looked up a guide it's supposed to take 500 hours to platinum someone on the trophy reddit list on reddit just posted like they finally platted it and it seems like once you sort of like prestige your first class it gets a little easier and lets you go forward but man i i cannot stop thinking about this game it's like a first person shooter with like a little bit of resource not even management just resource collection like imagine like you know when you're just like punching trees in minecraft like that's the game and then there's like waves of spiders and different weird insectoid creatures who come and attack you and the game is just so stupid and so charming and so funny but it's also like made me really question my relationship with capitalism because of like the adventures i'm going on and it's like why am i buying my own ammo why do i have to mine this material called nitra to pay for my own ammunition when like it's in service of my bosses so it's a really deep game it makes me think about a lot of things and it's it's excellent i cannot stop talking about this game it is the dumbest game i've ever played i am so obsessed with this game it's the only thing i've played in the last month except for solitaire on my phone it's it's taken over my life i cannot stop thinking about it 
That's awesome. And even better, it is still currently on PS Plus if you have PS Plus. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the best thing ever. Also, like, I'm now, like, a, a reaffirmed believer in PlayStation Plus. Like, I understand that Game Pass is clearly, like, a better deal for the consumer. I'm not arguing that. But, man, the games that PlayStation has curated, like, over the past year between this and Zombie Army, like, I'm... Whenever Zombie Army 5 comes out, I'm, like, pre-ordering that for, like, day one. Like, that is how much the Zombie Army 4 on PlayStation Plus had an effect on me. And, like, I talked to my friends, and, like, they're all in, too. Like, we're all buying that game day one. It's a good month for, for PlayStation Plus in general, too, because you've also got um, Persona 5 Strikers. Strikers. Yeah, yeah, which is, like, awesome. That's, like, a sequel to Persona 5, though, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's it's a Muso, so it's it's okay. like your Dynasty Warriors, Hyrule Warriors type. Well, it's not that. It's just like, ah, do I do I I should probably play Persona Five before I play this. But like with my comic book podcast, I'm trying to plant a flag and just move forward. And it's one of those things. Like George, are you really going to play Persona Five? You really going to sit down for 120 well, hours? I know everyone says you should, but like, are you going to do that, or are you just going to play Persona Five Strikers? Maybe you should. Maybe just do Strikers. Maybe that's your gateway in to caring yeah. more about Persona that's Five. True. Or you could spend like a hundred hours of your life, get the easiest platinum ever in Persona Five Royal, over a hundred hours. Or I could, I could put that hundred hours towards my five hundred hours in Deep Rock Galactic. That would be the most like I might actually stop playing video games if I get the platinum in Deep Rock Galactic. Like it seems like that daunting of a trophy list to get. I've played this game for twenty five hours, maybe thirty five hours, like over the past month, and like I I saw someone like post some strategy on like the Reddit. And I have no idea what it means. And I'm like, wow, when was the last time you were 40 hours into a game and like someone posts like a tip and you're just like, what the hell language are you speaking? Because I don't understand what you just said. One of these weeks, I'm going to talk about how much I love Omega Force. I'm just some some week we were talking about how amazing they are at what they do. Just thinking of Persona 5 Strikers. That's awesome, George. I I have I have it from Plus. I'm. I do want to check it out. It seems very interesting. I've had a pick couple. A night, people... Pick a night when you're streaming. I've got four. I got three other friends who like playing it, and one is or two of them are engaged. And so like they usually have to tag out. And then I got Fabio, who's like usually down to game whenever. So like one of these nights, we'll like pull you in, and we'll we'll show you the ropes. We'll 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 guide you through it. Nice. I'm in. Uh, Coach, have you been playing anything? Well, I'm kind of in the same boat as um, Jorge over there where I'm kind of like in a slump because right before Christmas break, I finished um, the plat for Miles Morales and then I got the old COVID and <clears throat> I just sat, since we've been back to school, I just been so focused on catching up, right? Because I missed a full week, but what I did do is um, I got my office room set up and that's where I have my going to have my retro systems. So as I was saying earlier, I bought a um, five by four aspect ratio Dell monitor and it has HDMI um, uh, ports on it. So that way I could, I have three um, FPGA systems, NES, Super Nintendo and um, Sega Genesis. But I also have the two, high-end hdmi adapters uh for the 64 and for the gamecube so that's where i'll play pretty much most of my retro stuff um so i set that up yesterday and started playing around with um rogue squadron on the 64. that's awesome god such yes. a good game how sorry how does it hold up because 
the PC version is rough, but that's like taken over like my mental picture of that game is like how the PC like port is. Is that game like I haven't played an N64 game on an N64 in a minute. How how does it compare to the memories of it? Okay, so here's the thing with with this game. On PC, it looks like a sharp N64 game, right? Just like what you would see on Nintendo Switch and the Nintendo 64 online um the those games like Banjo-Kazooie stuff like that, right? But it, it looks better than normal, but it still, you know, still looks like a little fuzzy at times. But here's the thing. The PC port has a game-breaking bug on it. And it's so frustrating that I remember when Austin told me that it was, he sent me a message when it released on Steam. And I'm like, I don't know. Let's see how this, and basically what it is, is if you're in, I guess, third-person view, you lose your your X wing or whatever you're flying is just going to go off into Never Neverland. It's just going to keep going, and what you got to do is you have to press a button to get back into cockpit mode, and then you can. It's just like it's a hassle. So on on the N sixty four, of course, you don't have to. So we'll see what happens with um, if they get all uh, what we call it, the guys back um, factor five. To do some stuff um, now they're that too, they're too busy creating Netflix for the Switch, right? But I guarantee no, it was it was Hulu. Netflix still hasn't sorry. come out yet. Well, yeah, it's because they're still creating Netflix. Because yeah, uh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Netflix Man. for the Switch was delayed a few okay. years, five, five, six years. <laughs> I talk a lot on this podcast, and I feel bad, but I just got to get one thing off my chest. When they announced Marvel Ultimate Alliance three was coming to Switch, I thought for sure that meant that they were they had like a vested interest in reviving old franchises on the switch and i i thought it was a given that like that rogue squadron thing was going to be like months like six months after ultimate alliance 3 i thought that was going to be announced and it's broken my heart that that is not the case i'm well i'm sure the whole thing with and ea you know so i'm sure it's tied up there but now that it's there's what is it it's lucas games now i wouldn't be surprised if if something happens in the near future my only real experience with a star wars game on pc is republic commando which sounds all fine and dandy but it ran at like 600 frames per second and that was with me turning the frames down to 30 like it still just it was it just perpetually ran at like 600 frames per second and i it was completely unplayable i had that same exact issue i could never get it to work on pc because i i would boot it up and my mouse, even on the lowest sensitivity, I would move mm-hmm. it like an inch, like and it just not even an inch, like a millimeter, around. and it would go entirely across the screen. Yeah, even like on my PC mouse settings and the game mouse settings turned all the way down, which I think that was part of like the the frame rate stuff. But yeah, it was I could not get that game to run properly on my computer. Oh wow, I had that issue with yeah. good old games too which also released like a bunch of old star wars games like uh x-wing vs tie fighter rebel assault all that stuff i just cannot get that stuff to work and it is infuriating i'm starting to think it's just the pc ports of old star wars games no what it is though the actual issue is they were built for remember at that time those were like pentium that was the days of just the pentium one so that architecture and all the cores that we have now is totally different. So 
So it has a, a lot to do with that. And that's why it has that Rogue Squadron has that bug is because it's on modern PCs. But if you get, if you build like an old Pentium 3, it'll run fine. If you could get it to, if you get all the drivers and everything like that, it'll run just fine. Now, there's a game that Austin and I have been playing a bit too. And it's a game I did not expect to play as much as I have been. I picked it up on Friday. I now have about 18, 17 to 18 hours into Rainbow Six Extraction. I can't stop playing this game. Dude, it's fantastic. And I've I've only played a couple hours with Elijah um, and a friend of the show, Brandon. We we only played for probably about two and a half, three hours. That's that's my experience playing the game so far. So Elijah has played a lot more than I have. But um, you know, it's free on Game Pass. It's free on Game Pass for PC and on Series X. And um, also, every new copy of the game comes with two buddy passes. Yeah, so you can play with with friends, kind of like a way out. Uh, yeah, kind of did that. And I want to say, what was it, Wolfenstein? That that co op. Oh, Youngblood, something similar. But it's fantastic. Like I, I love Siege, so maybe I'm a little biased, but. I, I was going into it expecting more Left 4 Dead or Back 4 Blood type gameplay, but no, it is like a stealthy, stealthy siege style, like horde zombie style game. And so, it is fantastic. I really, really like it. I basically would say it is a Left 4 Dead light game in its, pr- like its premise, but it has the gameplay of Rainbow Six Siege. And when I say Left 4 Dead light, I mean it. it there's not like the hordes and hordes of enemies or anything, but there is a, you have an objective in a location, get to the, what's basically the safe room and then load up the next area. And you have an objective there and then get to the safe room. And then there's a third area and an objective and it will be random objectives. Anything from take samples of nests or defeat an elite enemy or capture an enemy or, destroy these spines or anything like that it'll just be random every time and it is very tactical like it is rainbow six tactical at its core and it's just so fun because it can go from okay to oh no in a matter of moments (laughs) and one thing i think the game doesn't do well is it doesn't handle a difficulty balance because first off the game is much easier solo. Like I have a character to level eight and that character on the hardest difficulty, I was able to do a mission, complete the first two objectives. I failed the third one because the person to extract died, but I was still able to get out of there on the hardest difficulty. I was able to do that. Saturday and Sunday night, we had such a hard time. Or Saturday, it was me and our friend Brandon. We had such a hard time completing three objectives in any map on the the easiest difficulty. Yeah, we we probably only did it a couple times. I don't know how many how many missions we played, but we probably did it did all three objectives less than half of the amount that we played. So on the easiest difficulty. Yeah, and we're pretty sure that the difficulties are just solo or squad. It 
doesn't account for there only being two members of the team. We think it's just solo and team because it was super hard for a Saturday night. I don't know if we completed a single three objective set and we played for like three hours. But this game is so fun. What's a what? What's your experience with Rainbow Six as a franchise? Both of I you, sorry. I played one of them on Xbox for like an hour at some point, and then I played like an hour of Siege. Okay, so you're not super not super involved. No, Rainbow Six is one of those series. I played a lot of Ghost Recon. Like I've yes. played, I think every single Ghost Recon game pretty much. But I have not played, I guess, except for Breakpoint, which I don't know that I'll ever play. Um, <laughs> Rainbow Six is the one Tom Clancy series, though, that I've only played a little bit of. However, I played probably at least at least 100 hours of Siege. I got really into that game. So that that's kind of my, my main experience. And I definitely want to play more Siege, but as, uh, I'll do it as soon as that crossplay comes out, which is set to come out early this year. Gotcha. Um, I'm younger than coach Elijah. I think we're about the same age. We are. And I'm older than Austin. You're literally Austin. like, you're literally Austin like a month baby. older than me. Oh, uh, it's weird because rainbow six was like such an important part of my life. Like I was first obsessed with the N64 version of rainbow six. That game was so hard. It was a first person tactical shooter, but like you couldn't even see your gun. Like they couldn't render your gun the same time as rendering like the environment and like enemy AI. And it was a little stripped down compared to the PlayStation version. Like they kind of they showed you like a map of the area before you were to go in, but you couldn't like tactically plan out. But it was like real time tactics that you could do. And that was the first game I remember like really getting into like the C buttons on the N64, like for, for movement and like kind of treating it like a dual stick, like first person shooter. And then it went away for a bit. I got kind of into Rainbow Six Three on the original Xbox. And then on Xbox 360, Rainbow Six Vegas and Rainbow Six Vegas 2 in particular, those were some of the only video games I played like my first two years of college. Like those games became obsessions. And I remember them announcing Rainbow Six Patriots, like my senior year of college, junior year of college. And I was so excited. And then that game quietly became uh, Rainbow Six Siege. And now we get uh, Extraction. Is that what it's called? Which is, for all intents and purposes, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it just seems like a horde mode sort of tacked on to like the the engine of Siege, right? Like where it's like an expansion. It literally, it started as a like mini mode that was like a limited time mode in Siege. And this okay. is just a more fleshed out version of that. So basically it's a, it's a spinoff. All right. What my point is like, I was so dialed in to not the Tom Clancy universe. Like I honestly, I could give a crap about Splinter Cell. Like conviction was cool. But besides that, I don't care about Splinter Cell. I don't even care about Ghost Recon that much. But man, I really care. Choose about your next Rainbow words Six. carefully. I'm saying, but I really care about Rainbow Six. Like, all I know is you were going through the titles and you were coming up to the division, and I was about ready to possibly strangle you through that. I really cared about the Hawks franchise. Hawks was super fun. Show it is. I would play Hawks so bad. Fantastic there. Yeah, that game's great. Um, and so like, I really want to try this this version of Rainbow Six because I don't care for Siege. Like, that's not what I want to do. Like, I want. I don't want to coordinate with other real people. Like I kind of want to like prove how smart I am in like a weird, like, cause it was more of like a puzzle game, right? Like 
the old Rainbow Six games. Like, how do you enter a room? How do you handle 12 enemies, all with shotguns at the doors? Like, what do you do to outsmart these people? And it sounds like that's back. Right. Would you say that like the uh, the actual like coordination is back and like the big like co-op? Kind of like it's not going to be like you say where like it has like the number of enemies or that because it's all completely random in this. So it it could be you'll enter into this area and then this room will have three nests and there's like three bloaters hanging around. Yeah. And it's like, well, this just got interesting. or you could enter that same room next time and there will be no nests. Everything's fine. Um, but I will say though, there, there is still a lot of strategy to this game. Oh, and gosh, I know, yes. I know George, you said you weren't like too, too like keen on siege just because it's, you know, kind of a PVP. Like it wasn't really the same as, as the games that came in the past, but what I will tell you, and I, I guess, did you play siege at all? No. The thing is I can understand that. However, what I will tell you is that, working with people in that game i think still does work the way that you're talking about where you you are communicating and and with each other which is different you know you're you're not on your own you are communicating with other people to to figure out what to do but it's like hey i'm gonna go over here plant this bomb i'm gonna start marking people with my drone i'm gonna check out this viewpoint and you know you're kind of communicating that this is kind of the same in in a way but it's it's obviously co-op only there's no pvp and so i think that makes the experience a lot more interesting um it's the same thing you know you're you pull out your drone you go and, and search for for enemies and tag them so that everybody else can see them and um you know you you reinforce walls that that might need reinforced when you're like in a tense scenario and they're like breaking down because the siege engine has this awesome you know anything can be destroyed <sighs> physics engine it's it's fantastic all right to all give right. you <laughs> all right this friday is a giant snowstorm do that's it. supposed to hit maine it's supposed to snow from friday night through Saturday into Sunday afternoon, we're expecting like 20 something inches. I will oh, wake up early Friday morning. I will race to Walmart. I will get Pokemon Arceus and I will get Rainbow Six Extraction. And while that's installing, I will be Arceusing. Also, Rainbow Six Extraction is not a full price title. It's a $40 game. Okay, yep. that that ooh, 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 it's really right, worth it. That's pretty convincing, actually. And again, and again, on Game Pass and completely cross play. Yeah. PC, Xbox. But George George is like me, trophies. I love you, George. Yeah. Um, to give you an idea, last night, it was me and friends of the show, Brandon and Craig, and there's this one mission where, I should say this objective for in a mission, where you have to destroy these, like, they're called spines. And you have to put bombs on them and then make sure the bombs don't get attacked because they basically have a life bar. What we did, because we found out like through the first couple matches how intense it can be. We worked together. All right. We closed all the doors in the surrounding areas. Uh, get that wall, that wall, and that wall. Reinforce them. You keep an eye on that direction. You keep an eye on that direction. I'll keep an eye over here. And then just as enemies came, all right, they got through the wall. I'm going to reinforce it again. And it's basically like that was you like. Kind of like a left for dead horde type scenario, but using this Rainbow Six tactical thinking, and it was so fun. And just yeah. coming out of that scenario right there, I was smiling so much because it was intense and amazing and just a blast. 
And I'll just say that some of my, my favorite moments so far, um, kind of a, a going with that kind of tactical, like teamwork style stuff is there's a, an objective that you'll get occasionally that's something like, Elijah, correct me, but it's like you have to get samples from certain elite enemies and you're not, you cannot kill them or you fail the objective. Yep. And so the only way to get them basically is by running up on them. And you, ha you have to be behind them to yeah. do what's called a takedown where you use like a special knife to kill them and take yeah. samples. So yeah. like when, when Elijah and Brandon and I were playing a couple of times we did this and like Elijah and I were like running away from this guy and like luring him away while Brandon was sneaking behind and running up on him and stabbing him in the back. And it, it's just like, it's cool stuff like that where I, I love the, the way that this game enforces like cooperation and, and, and communication. And it does enough to make it worth your while to play solo as well. Like there are what's called points of interest in at each location. You can only do that solo. Those points of interest won't show up, show up in co-op and it'll just be different things. Like the one was, I think it was in the New York location. Uh, there was like, you could see like someone's legs in a bathroom stall, but it was like growing with the mold. And it was a point of, and it was a point <laughs> point of interest and like you click on it's like it looks like the mold is like in like incorporating that human into it what are these aliens up to and like just different like little lore beats around because there isn't really a story to this game but there's like a lore to everything in it and there's just mm. all that kind of stuff like hanging around and it's really neat and that's only if you play solo gotcha yeah. so I let's play on friday george Cool. All right. I have a I have a like a transitory question. Coach has been really quiet. Coach, do you like first person shooters like besides Halo? Like, are are you a big like FPS guy? Yes. Yeah. Any interest in checking out Rainbow Six? Right now, no. Okay. Because <laughs> my my play time is so limited. That's not sure. Something that I can squeeze in. So. Not Rainbow Six, but at some point I do want to go back and play Ghost Recon Future Soldier. I haven't played that one yet. Oh, I played dude, the, I is that that the PS3. Is that the PS3 one? Yes. Yeah. I've, I've played both Advanced. I got that one on PS3, Wink. It's a great game. <sighs> so, I like your thinking. Back in 2013, I built my system. My first system I really like built for gaming. I built it so it could play and run. Um, Metro Last Light. Okay. Yes. Such a good game. Are you like a multiplayer guy when it comes to FPSs? Like it depends. Like if I do, um, it's more co-op. I enjoy the co-op aspect. Like going through when uh, me, Austin, and Elijah were playing Gears together. So fun. That was awesome. That, that was, was so amazing. Fun. Yeah. Well, fellas, we are here for a, another special reason tonight. And that is our 2022 gaming predictions. Woo! George, well, so what we're going to do is we are going to go around the room giving around a prediction. And yes, around the horn. Man, I'm so excited for the football games this weekend. We're going to go around the horn and each of us are going to give a gaming prediction. We each brought five to the table. Austin, do we have five from the other person? Okay, so all four of us have five predictions to bring to the table. So we are going to start with the person to my left, Mr. Loftus. Oh, what hey, is your me. first prediction for 2022? 
All right. I'm sure we've done prediction episodes before. That feels like something we've done. I didn't, not for 2022. Look, we didn't no, do well, one not, last not year. For, we didn't do one year, last year. Coach, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't uh, do one last year, surprisingly. All right. So I don't know. Like I wrote, I have... I have five and a bonus prediction, which is just something I hope to God comes true. Uh, but my first one, like I'm just saying, like in terms of like format, like I don't know how precise we're supposed to be. So like mine, mine might be a little loose. Yeah, you, pretty broad. We okay. We we at least I've done pretty broad ones. Yeah, in the past. same. Gotcha. I know okay, some cool. people are like, I don't know. Microsoft is going to announce Halo Seven, and it's going to star Master Chief, and it's going to be six and a half hours long. And this is yeah. the plan. It's going to be now. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, my first one: uh, the PlayStation Game Pass equivalent will launch this year, and it will be underwhelming until the fourth quarter of the year, when the service will finally be what it probably should have been at launch. Okay. The PlayStation Game Pass equivalent will launch this year and will be underwhelming until the fourth quarter when the service will finally be what it should have been at launch. Do you have, I mean, I know you're not like a fortune teller, but like, and this is outside of your prediction, but I mean, what, what do you think I guess will be the, the issue that'll make it underwhelming? Uh, I'm guessing there's just not going to be like, for me, the big thing is like backwards compatibility where I like, I mean, that's like my personal thing. I don't think that really has anything to do with like the general gaming audience at large. Like, I don't think people are pissed that they can't play Lair on their PlayStation 5, you know, but like personally, I'm like, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to play Lair on my PlayStation 5. I'm probably not going to, but like it should be there, you know, and so I think. (sighs) I don't know, because I actually think PlayStation now is like a really good service. They just don't advertise or market it at all and so i think it's basically going to be playstation now but it's not going to be like the day and date launch success that game Pass is. like yeah i don't think there's going to be like a back for blood type haymaker on the service until the fall like i i think they're just going to like get it out there basically do like alpha testing beta testing for like the first couple months of the year from like spring until late summer and then there's going to be like hopefully one fall title that like everyone's curious about, not sure if they want to spend their money. And then that's going to be the one they bite on. And that's going to be like the now available on PlayStation Game Pass, whatever it's called. I am curious, you know, because the rumor that was kind of going around was saying that they, they will have some sort of PS1, PS2, PS3. I mean, I'm curious if it's just going to be the cloud streaming through um, PS now. And then secondly, I'm pretty sure that same exact leak. Um, claim that that ps5 games or ps4 or whatever they are you know first party sony exclusive games would not be on the system or on uh whatever their their software is day one like like microsoft games are on on game pass so that that it'll be interesting to see what happens and especially um, because it it said sony games would not be on the service day one right. it didn't specify no so like rainbow six extraction yeah. came to game pass day one there's no saying that that couldn't come well, to like do upcoming i mean just one. just imagine and i i doubt this is going to be this year but imagine final fantasy 16 releases and it's on the service day one yeah like i mean yeah, that would be, be awesome so cool or damn like what about final fantasy origin whatever that one's called the stranger paradise strangers of paradise final fantasy okay. origin also, I'm probably buying that day one. Like, I think I I'm a too. Final Fantasy fan now, even though I've, like, never beaten one. I, I beat five. That's the only Final Fantasy game I've ever beaten. But, like, I think I'm a, I think I'm a fan. I think I'm in it. 
I'm so excited. Yeah. I can't wait till we play 13. Wink. Wink. Coach, what is your first prediction for 2022? Okay, this is my biggest one, so I'm going to start off with the bang. Yeah. Damn. The recently announced and uh, CGI trailer for Star Wars Eclipse. At some point this year, we're going to find out that it has it's going to be canceled. Straight <laughs> up. Oh that's man, my, I love that's this. my one. I like that's it. my one bold prediction. That's incredible. What a moonshot, but also something I can totally freaking see happening. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it's oh a dream, and they've certainly had yeah. their fair share of trouble, so. Yeah, Coach, is it canceled because Quantic Dream? Is it canceled because the scope and ambition is too large? Or is it canceled because no one cares about the High Republic except for me and the 12 other people reading the comic books? A little bit of everything. Okay. You know? Sprinkle everything around. <laughs> it is hey, the five I like, spices. Yeah. I like the 50 yeah. pages of the book that I read. I actually finished that book. It was better than I thought it would be, but it was also like, I still don't really understand the the point of this existing. The comics are fine, but like the art is like mostly like, oh, it's just really cool seeing a Trandoshan Jedi. Like that's it's kind of my in for the whatever. <sighs> Austin, what is your first prediction? Okay, my, my first one is that God of War Ragnarok will get delayed again to 2023. That was one I was... I almost put on. I didn't, but I almost did. Yeah, and you know, I was a little iffy to make this prediction. This is kind of just a bold one that I'm like, yeah, maybe it'll happen. But, um, you know, they showed some gameplay last year, but it's still been kind of weird because all we've gotten is that, like, hypercut trailer. We haven't really been shown any, like, true, just, you know, pure gameplay that's not just a here's here's four seconds, cut to another four seconds, here's another four seconds. So I'm... And especially with COVID and stuff still and, and people still working remotely, I feel like with how ambitious this game is, and especially knowing that if I'm remembering correctly, I want to say Corey said that this was the like final game in like the Norse saga, which is only two. So um, just knowing that, it's kind of like, well, maybe they'll maybe they'll take a little longer on this one. Yeah, I could totally <laughs> see that. But I do hope it comes out this year because it's one of my most anticipated games for my first one. I'm going to go right along the lines of Austin and I'm going to say breath of the wild two will get a 2023 release date. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a very safe bet. I, I do not think that game is releasing this year. I legit have the same thing. That's there's a reason I did it first. I'm like, no one did it yet. I'm doing it. Yeah. quick. Well, like Nintendo's <laughs> Nintendo's no stranger to releasing like a bunch of IP in the same year, right? Like they've done that before. Yep. Oh yeah. But also, like, I don't know. I think they kind of want to focus on Splatoon. Like, I, I don't know why they'd want something else to get in the way of Splatoon this fall. Well, that'll be in a like summer. Splat- I, I, Splat- I think it's a oh. summer game. Splatoon three. I think that would be a summer game. That see, that's like a that's a perfect that game has perfect summer vibes. I pictured it, really it as does. like an early fall game, and like unless Breath of the Wild two comes out like December third or something, you know, like after Black Friday but before Christmas, just because I don't know what it is. Zelda, I almost never see snow in Zelda, but man, does Zelda feel like a winter game to me? Like it was almost strange that Breath of the Wild two came out in in the spring 
or sorry, bro. I froze my B A L Z or B A L L Z waiting in line to get my uh to get my <laughs> Switch and Breath Balls of the Wild on B-A-L-Z. March third. There you go. So it was winter for us here. It was cold that night. Okay, waiting in line at Best Buy. But anyways, I know what you're saying. I'm sorry you live in a desert. Hey, it's all right. <laughs> Don't be sorry. It's beautiful out here. Yeah, no, it snowed it's snowed four inches last there. night. I had to shovel today. I'm so cold still. There's no heat on in my office. I can't feel my toes. As I look back at my heater that's on. <laughs> I had to turn it oh. off. It's so loud I can hear it on like my microphone when I when I when I've like recorded my own podcast. I'm like, okay, so I will not be uh blasting my, my Dyson while I record tonight. Cool, 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 cool. Dyson. Cool. So, yeah, but game. I do agree with Elijah. Um we all we had was released in 2022 for Breath of the Wild 2, but yeah. I honestly think this will get pushed back. Just Okay, just my saying. my question is when they push it back, do you think it's going to be a situation with the original Breath of the Wild where they were like, "Hey, so we're pushing it back and because of that, here's Twilight Princess and Wind Waker for the Switch." Could be. <sighs> because I hope cool. to god that happens. If they bring out Twilight Princess for the Switch, I would buy that in a heartbeat. Or like a remake of the original uh, Legend of Zelda using the same graphic style as um, Link's Awakening. I could see them doing something like that where you don't have to put as much. Uh, well, I mean, it probably won't be too difficult to port those two games over from the uh, Wii U. But George, what is your second prediction for the year? My second prediction, Elden Ring will be FromSoft's second highest rated game on Metacritic. And for those keeping score, Bloodborne is number one at 92. Dark Souls 2 is number two at 91. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is number three at 90 on Metacritic. I think Elden Ring is going to be not as well regarded as Bloodborne, but I think it's going to be loved. I just just think it's going to be their second best game. Wait. So if it gets a 91... Would that be before or after Dark Souls? Technically after Dark Souls, because Alphabet. But um, I, I would count anything. I, I think it's going to be ranked above Shadows uh, Die Twice, like Sekiro, but below Bloodborne. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. I can see that. I, I'm i so excited for Elden Ring. It's one of my top games of the year. And there's a reason I'm not getting anything early March, because Elden Ring is going to take up all my time. I don't think it's going to get scored that high. I hope I'm wrong, but I could see high eight. I think they probably are doing a lot to address accessibility in this game. Right? Like they're trying to make it like a more like inviting game while still having a whole bunch of from soft wrinkles. And so like, that's why I think it's going to rank really high, but not as high uh, as, as other games they've made. So, for the same exact reason you think it's going to rank high is the part of the reason I think it's going to rank not as high. Okay. Because they're going to be adding these new stuff, these new things that are going to kind of take away from some of the things that like the dark souls fans and like, even like the people who review the games really love about like the souls games. And like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this thing scores even higher than bloodborne. All I know is people, when they played that, like, network test, they were trying to get that in the Game Awards for, like, the voted-on Game of the Year. Um, so, apparently, people love it. So, sure. I'm 
I'm really hoping I'm wrong. God, I can't wait for that. Also, I gotta be honest. Does anyone here care about game scores? No, not because so much frankly, anymore. Frankly, after seeing Rainbow Six, it has like a 70 on Metacritic. Yeah, that game is fun, just phenomenal. So that well, that, that is, is really shown to me that it doesn't matter. And like, I'm way more likely to buy a game if it gets a 10 or like a six and a half. Like, just that, yeah. like you know, like morbid curiosity. It's like the eights and like the the low nines, high eights that like make me think like, oh, well, like if it's good, it's going to be good later. I can just grab it later. But like if it's something like tanks one way or the other, that's what makes me like way more interested in checking a game out. But like, I don't know. I like Forza got a 10 from IGN. I downloaded it. I deleted it like two weeks ago because I needed space on my hard drive. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't really play this. I don't really play Microsoft Flight Simulator. Like the games that I thought would be like my comfort food on my Series X. I'm like, oh, no, that's not it at all. And now I just play Halo Infinite. The two games I've put the most time into this year are rank, are scored at like on Metacritic. One's a 7.0 and one's like a 7.5. And those are the games I've had. I've had the most fun playing this year. The only reason I like scores is because it's fun to do things like the Fantasy Critic League and to and to do stuff like this where we guess what kind of scores it's going to get. That's the only reason I like scores. I mean, back in 2012, it was fun, right? Because as soon as the embargo lifts, everybody's review came out and we're like looking at it and stuff like that. But now I just watch gameplay footage and I look and see, is it something that I'll like? Yeah. Right? So like, for instance... Um, in the last couple years, I've gotten into the newer Pokemon games and I wasn't really gonna, I didn't really think that I was going to get legends right away, but, um, I know they didn't have a direct, but they did. Nintendo's been sending out a lot of videos in the last two weeks on, uh, Pokemon legends. And I like what I see. Right. And, um, but I'll wait. I mean, I'll look at some gameplay, but I'll probably end up getting that. So the scores don't really mean much anymore like they used to. Just wait. We'll talk more about Pokemon Legends later. <laughs> Coach, what is your second prediction? Okay. So three years ago, there was, this, there was an announcement made. Do you guys remember what that announcement was? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought the government was going to send me $600 more than they did. Okay, right. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that well, didn't happen, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so, three years ago today, Nintendo announced that Retro Studios was going to take over um, Metroid Prime 4, right? So, we don't really know when that happened, but my prediction is this year, whether, I don't know when, whether it's during E3 or towards that last Direct, we will get a release year, and I'm saying 2023. Hmm. Okay. Metroid Prime 4. So I have to ask, in this scenario, since, Coach, we already know one of your other predictions is that Breath of the Wild is getting delayed to next year. Right. Do you think, and I'm not saying this sarcastically, just asking, do you think Nintendo would release both Breath of the Wild 2 and Metroid Prime 4 the same year? They yes. did that the first year. They did it yeah. uh, with Mario and yep. Zelda yep. Yep. that first year. That was so exactly I could see, what I was thinking about. Yeah. Yep. I could see them delaying uh, till March 3rd or whatever that Friday is. Right? Just, just hold off, Elijah. Hold on a second, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm thinking towards the end of the year would be 
Metroid. So, yes. I can see that. Apparently, since we are on this topic, Austin, what is your second? It's that Nintendo is releasing a Metroid Prime trilogy this year, and I'm going to keep guessing that every freaking year until it happens. <laughs> Honestly, but, uh, no. I am too. But really, I, you know, we've had all these leaks and stuff for years saying that this stupid trilogy is, is literally just sitting there, like, ready to go. And I think after the success of Dread, I mean, I'm just imagining a scenario where exactly what Coach said. Dread was so successful last year. We get the Prime Trilogy this year. We get four next year. Or, or even, even the year after, I think, would still be a, a great timeline. I think they need to ride this Metroid train because seeing how well Dread did last year, winning Game of the Year awards, like that is just, that hasn't happened. Choo-choo. So I, I think they, they need to get it out there, and I think they're going to. How I much, completely agree. How much did Nintendo drop the ball by releasing samus returns on 3ds instead of switch very much so i know so many people who said i would have played samus returns but it was on 3ds i I forget who the developers were it depends who the developers were because if they already had something set up for the 3ds i'm trying to remember who developed it It was the same guys i was was gonna say it wasn't that it was was mercury Mercury Steam. honestly big picture i'm okay with it like, I mean, I, would it have been nice to have Luigi's Mansion, the original one, on the Switch rather than 3DS? Of course, but it's they still look and play good. They still do. And like I get it, it has a a huge install base. So, yeah, but how many people bought it after the Switch released? You know, like I mean, yeah, and like I did, <laughs> you did, yeah. Obviously, everyone here did. We're freaking losers. Like, obviously, we did. But I'm just saying, like, man, like, Austin, I can totally see a Metro Prime trilogy. I think that makes, like, easily the most sense. But, like, damn, dude, like, what about, like, a a Zero Mission, a Fusion, and, like, a Samus, uh, Samus Returns? Like, what about, like, that trilogy? Like, I I guess I just don't understand, like, what's, like, Nintendo has such, like, a, a ripe history. I don't understand what's, like, stopping them from just milking it at this point especially after the success of metroid dread i don't disagree with you at all i mean i would love to see fusion and zero mission and and in fact those are like the only metroid games i haven't really played that much because they're i mean i can't play them on my switch um yeah fusion's dope you'd love fusion if you like yeah and i did just buy them on on the wii u because that's the only place i can play them so i did buy them on there for seven good job good job nintendo yeah um but anyway no i i get where you're coming from i just think with with prime four on the way i think they're going to prioritize the trilogy but i i do hope that we get zero mission and infusion even if it's just like a hey here's a 30 dollar collection that's just ports of both of them with yeah, the way like castlevania right yeah. like mega man yeah yeah that would be wonderful also t- it bears repeating Metroid Prime, the first one, is like one of the best video games I've ever played in my entire so life. So good. Like that game so is good. phenomenal. I didn't play it until seven or eight years after it came out. Like it was like my sophomore year in college. And God, I wish I could go back and like just be smarter with how I spend my money. Because this was like when GameCube games were like the bargain bin at games uh GameStop. Oh, you can and find F Zero GX on clearance for like five dollars everywhere. Yeah, now yeah, it's like I remember- 60. The most expensive game I bought was Twin Snakes for 35. That was like the most expensive 
GameCube game I bought. And I remember getting Metroid Prime for $6.99 and like going back to like my college dorm and just playing that game in like two sittings because it was like that mesmerizing. God, that game is so good. I never played two. I tried to play three, but it was just so not what I wanted with like the Wii motion controls. But man, Metroid Prime 1 is like special. Like that is like it put it in a vault so that when humans expire and aliens find our remains, like they can hopefully play Metroid Prime be like, damn, these guys were so stupid. They kill themselves. But Metroid Prime was like really good. Like I, I want aliens to experience that long after we're gone. Have you seen the graphics on the dolphin for that game? Uh, no, I have not. OMG. There's no remaster done. It's just on a higher powered system, right? Than the GameCube. And you don't need to remake that game. Just remaster it, touch it up. And um, I, I, would, I would go in and look at some of the videos of Metroid Prime on the Dolphin. And you'll be amazed at how amazing that it looks. Do you know what I would love to see Metroid Prime on, but it never will? For my second prediction, I predict PlayStation VR 2 will not release this year. I'd love to see Metroid Prime in VR. It would be, uh, oh, dude, that would be amazing. Yeah, um, that's why I kind of fit in there. I was thinking about, man, what's that game with VR? But yeah, I think PSVR 2 will release in 2023. God, Elijah, this, this, and all of you, this is the problem with like gambling in general, where like, it's no fun to bet the unders, but the unders usually hit compared to like betting the overs, like in like a football game. You guys are all betting the unders. And you're going to win the predictions game because you're doing. Star Wars it. Eclipse will get canceled. That's not betting under. <laughs> no, that's. I, I actually think like you're technically betting under, but I think that's technically an over. Um, that's a great call. I, yes, I love yeah. like the boldness on that swing. But PSVR two not releasing this year. God, I wish it would. It'd Me so too. Cool. It's not. Go, it's not going to. But it got oh my god, so Every, everything they've said about PSVR two is hitting so hard for me. Like I mean, yeah, yeah it's not wireless, which sucks, but also. Everything else about it just sounds amazing. And like, apparently it has stuff that the Oculus Quest doesn't have. So like, I kind of get the wired part because it's using power from the console in that. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Well, so it'll be a constant war, though, Elijah, because there, there's a new Oculus coming out this year that has a lot more than the, the PSVR has. So I think yeah, it's just a matter it's, of, it's, of the back and forth. Yeah, but it's corded. Yeah, it's right. corded. It's not. It's not a wireless. That's what I'm saying. Right. Quest yeah. is wireless, and people yeah. wanted the PSVR to be wireless, but it oh, has yeah. a lot more I mean, than the than the Quest has. Right. So that's why I get the corded part. Wait, we forgot to do this for game of the, game of the year stuff, but like I bought the Medal of Honor game on Oculus, and I should have given that game like worst game I played this year. That game is garbage on Oculus. That is like one of the worst video game experiences I can remember having in the past couple of years. That's fun. You know what you do? You get on see? Oculus. Resident Evil 4. Which or the Lady Gaga game. pack for Beat Saber, unfortunately. Oh my god, it's so fun. Okay. Anyhow, Coach, yes? <laughs> Do you see... I mean, who would Nintendo need to partner with so they could get their software, like, on Quest? Do you... How awesome would that be, right? That'd be awesome. I know it will never happen. happen. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think Nintendo will ever get into the VR market, right? Don't forget, you can play Breath of the Wild in VR. 
I'll never stop saying that, even though it's the worst way to ever play VR. In VR cardboard, yeah, within like 25 yep. frames a second, and people were like throwing up because they were so sick of it. Yeah. Crazy. No, I guess my, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for, for PSVR too. I just, I don't know. I'm curious. I know we got that confirmation about that Horizon game, and I'm sure we'll get some stuff. Like, I guarantee you there's going to be an update for Gran Turismo 7. That's oh yeah, adds in VR yeah. support. I'm just curious, like if they're gonna kind of be able to pull the steam away from Oculus, though. Like, I mean, the the Quest is selling like hotcakes, and nothing else is. I mean, they they couldn't get yeah. the 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 Rift to sell like they wanted to. The Vive does not sell like like anywhere close to the the Quest. So I'm just curious. Like, I think the reason for that, honestly, is the price point. I'm it's, curious how much this thing is is going to be. It's a mixture of the price point and also I think the you don't need like a high end PC because at the That's time true. when the Rift That's was true. first coming out and that you needed like a one thousand to fifteen hundred dollar PC in order to play them. That has drastically reduced now, but at the time it was that high price point of entry. Then yeah. the price of the Rift, or yeah, of the Rift itself, and that's and what made I, it so troublesome. And I saw so many videos of grandparents playing their child's uh oculus right where they're just falling over, over. The yeah, yeah. Yep. so the thing is i think with the quest the reason why it did so well is one is the the ease of use right it really wasn't that difficult to get games and to get it going so kind of like the whole um apple type of thing right where it was all just user-based, user-friendly. Everything was user-friendly with Macintosh. Um, and then the price point, and then games still look good, even though it might not be... Because I have the original Oculus, but playing Vader Immortal, it just it scared the bejeebus out of me, but it looks so phenomenal, and it's just something like, it works. When I say it works, I don't feel in this reality... I feel in that reality. And when you could do that at a at that price point, yeah, that's a win-win. Now, what's coming out this year? Is it the Quest 3 or is it just it, No, it's just it, like a yeah, Rift it doesn't have Pro a name type thing. Mm. It doesn't have a name yet. I remember when I was researching, should I get the Rift or the Quest? Right now, I'm glad I went with the Quest. Oh, yeah. George, what is your third prediction for the year? Two new Marvel IPs will be announced this year. One for PlayStation and one for Xbox. I've been thinking about Marvel a lot lately. We talked about it a bunch. I'm sorry for beating a dead horse, but short box summary. Like, I just, I, I feel like a scholar at this point in Marvel. Like, just feel like I've got like a little, like, graduate degree in Marvel. And all I can think about is early, like, Y2K Marvel. I think there's going to be some property revivals. I think Sony, based on their success with uh, with Spider-Man and based on their uh, promised success, right? Like their expectational success with Wolverine. I think they're going to get like another property. I think it's going to be probably not like what we expect. Like, I think it's going to be not necessarily like a strategy game like Midnight Suns. But like, I think there's going to be something from Marvel, from PlayStation. And I think with this movement, uh, that Microsoft made towards Activision, I think there has to be something from Microsoft. I think they have too many talented development teams, 
to not persuade Marvel, like give us one license, give us the blade license, you know, like give us something that we can exactly give us something that we can do. Like, I don't know. Like you look at a game like Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice and it's just like, yeah, the way they deal with mental illness in that game. And it's just like, like there isn't a single Marvel character that isn't traumatized, you know? And it's like, oh, this is like a maturity in storytelling that like, yeah, like it is available on PlayStation, but it's just different over Microsoft, you know? Like it's it's something slightly not what we have experienced the past couple of years. And so I think there's a good chance that we're getting two new exclusives this year, one for one for each of the big two. No offense to Nintendo. I got something for you later in a prediction. Don't worry. I like it. Coach, what is your third prediction? Okay, it's kind of similar to Austin's last one. Okay? So, I'm saying instead of the trilogy, I'm saying Metroid Prime 1 will get a remaster this year. Just the first one. Similar to what they did with Gears and then eventually we'll get two and three, Prime Two and Prime Three, um, through the the virtual console at some point. Whenever they do GameCube and Wii games, that's an interesting never, point. I wouldn't have thought about that. They're never gonna do GameCube and Wii games. They're never gonna do it. Okay, Sorry. Is, well, that's like another bold I mean, like how long did it take them to get Wii games on the Wii U, and then they just like stopped. Oh, dude, like that was like, and then they just stopped. That was like the last year of its life. Yeah, yeah. that was so weird. No, we'll get <laughs> Wii U, we'll, we'll get Wii and GameCube games on like the Switch Two, maybe the Switch Three. And like, there's nothing I want more than all those games to come you to Switch. The, but I just, you mean the Switch with the, like a three the instead Switch. of the. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to like take the air out of your balloon there, coach. But like, I think like that is the, like my favorite prediction of the episode yet is like just like putting all your eggs in the Metroid one basket. But man, they're never going to give us GameCube games. You know why? Because we want them so bad. Like they, right. they, they don't want to bring us joy. Right. No, I get they you. Just, but they just want to hurt us. I got a fun fact. I was in. Was it Target? Yeah, I was in Target uh, the other day. And they're still selling copies of. Mario 3D All-Stars, believe it or not. It's, really? You can still go in the really? store and purchase it. Yep. Still out there. So for those of you that... It's very, very limited and rare, as Nintendo I know. told us. Yes. Austin, what is your third prediction? All right. So my third one is actually kind of just more wishful thinking, but my prediction is Atlas is going to release Persona 4 Golden on switch and still not persona five. Um, they, they um, announced obviously persona four arena Ultimax is coming to the, the switch and PS4 and Xbox. If I'm not mistaken in a yep. couple months, it's like, I mm-hmm. might be March. April? I think, I think next month. Really? Okay. I think so. They announced that a couple months ago at, um, I think it was the game awards. They announced that. It at. Was. And of course, persona four golden, was only on Vita originally, but they did bring it to Steam maybe a little less than two years ago now, if I'm remembering correctly. And just with it being on Steam and seeing Atlas kind of support the Switch a little more, at least we got Catherine and we're now getting Persona 4 Arena Ultimax on Switch. I think this is one they're going to bring out. Persona 5 Strikers. That's true. Persona 5 Strikers. I forgot about that one too. When are we getting that? Persona 4 Golden? No, the strikers. It's all. It's out. 
It's out. For US? Yeah. yeah. It's been out for like a oh, year. I didn't know that. That's the one that's made by uh Omega Force. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was day and date. Yeah. 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 It's on PlayStation Plus right now for, for PS4. So yeah. um how is it? How's it played? Does it play like I, I haven't played it, but I, I my understanding is it's a little different. I think it's a little slower. Elijah, you might know more than I me. I'm ha- not sure that I haven't it. played too much. All I know is everyone that I know that's played it has loved the gameplay of it. Yeah. It apparently does a very good job of blending the warrior style gameplay with Persona, like implements to it. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, yeah, my buddy, my buddy Marty absolutely loves it. Also, Arena Ultimax comes out March seventeenth. Okay. Ooh. My third prediction, you know what? I'm going to do this one next. PlayStation will not purchase a developer in 2022. Talk about under, George. (laughs) (laughs) Take, take, Take note, I did not say a studio or a team. I specified a developer because everybody thinks they are going to. And I don't think they will. Yeah, I I mean, I was trying to think of like teams that they work with and uh, there were just none that, that really came to mind that they would yeah. buy, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's funny, though. I was thinking about putting in a, a prediction that was going to be like Microsoft is going to buy Sega <laughs> or something like that. Just to just to have some fun. But I did not do that. Okay, my next two are really fun. I'm excited. Hey, Elijah, can you do me a favor? Can you ask me what my next prediction is? What's your next prediction? Uh, Sony will acquire a Japanese third-party publisher or a major stake in it, and it will be a bigger deal than Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. God, Bro, a bigger deal. On. What does that mean, George? I know. Like financially, or well, no, it's one of those things where like I nothing is a bigger deal financially. That was the largest cash deal in U.S. history. Okay, yeah, but, like, I, I understand that. And, like, granted, I'm not a PC gamer. I genuinely think they really did this to bolster, like, PC Game Pass. Because, like, you get the entire Battle.net suite of games. Like, that's that's huge for Game Pass, right? And also, like, it probably, like, it gives them, like, a new, like, proprietary software to run, right? Like, a, almost like a Steam competitor, yeah? So, like, that's that's a huge purchase for PCs. That said, like... I don't know, like, I still, like, despite all the marketing, I still think of, like, Call of Duty as, like, an Xbox title, you know? I still think of Overwatch as, like, an Xbox title, because, like, just with the ubiquity of of, uh, Xbox Live, like, I just think of those games. So, like, I don't think it was, like, that big of a move for consoles. I think it was a big move for PC. The more I've, I've had time to ruminate on it. That said, like, I don't know if it's Capcom. I don't know if it's like Square Enix. I don't know what it's going to be. But I think there's going to be like, have you guys ever played uh, Civilization? Yeah. You know, when like uh, a, a different civilization comes to you, and it's just like, we are great allies. We should like do like a, a, a scientific progress like thing together where like you each spend like 200 gold and for 30 turns, like your science improves or whatever. Like, I think there's going to be something like that that happens between Sony and some other publisher, like whether it's Capcom, Square Enix, or maybe even Sega. Like, I think there's going to be some sort of like shoring the forces against Microsoft. And again, like we talked about the end of the podcast when we were talking about Activision Blizzard acquisition, but it's like Sony has to make a move, not because they have to, but because Microsoft could. 
Like it's, it's like purely defensive where it's like, it's getting to the point where like, okay, so what third party games are going to come out on PlayStation now? And I think there's a really good chance that like the Japanese studios will be like, no, like we're not going to let Microsoft, like we're not going to let this kind of involvement, like take over Japanese game development. And so there's going to be like a, a Magna Carta almost of like Japanese game developers, game developers being like, no, we want this on as many platforms as possible, but we're going to give preferential treatment to Sony because they have never put us in this type of situation. I think this would be interesting. I I don't think they'll buy them, but obviously there have been rumors going around for a while that Sony and Konami are kind of like in cahoots. In cahoots. Oh, I was hoping yeah. you'd think cahoots. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I said acquire a third-party publisher or a major yeah. stake in them. Yeah. So like, again, like not necessarily like a takeover or like an acquisition, but, but like, I think there's right. going to be, yeah, exactly. Well, like, a, a new announcement of friendship and prosperity between yeah. Sony and Japanese developers in particular. I, I honestly think of everyone. I think Konami is the most likely because I think that Sony sees the value in those IPs that they that Konami does not see currently, yeah. obviously. I mean, that's a great call. We've got nothing from them. And, and Konami at this point is primarily a pachinko company. They don't really oh literally anything you, else. Also, wait, can you imagine like a... What if Sony got like the Castlevania license and then hired FromSoft to make like a Castlevania game? I've yeah. dre- I've dreamt of that yeah. for years. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing we have coming out of Konami even remotely recently were the new free to play Yu Gi Oh game and Bloober Team teamed with Konami. That's literally all we've yeah. heard from Konami. And like the years. the ports of like the Castlevania Advance yeah. titles. That's like they're yeah. which is which is really cool. Like I, I don't no, want to it is cool. That, that is cool. Like that's really but cool. <laughs> but it's not a new game. Yeah. So no. yeah. Coach, what is your fourth prediction? All right. So my fourth okay. Besides Breath of the Wild 2 be pushed back, that was gonna be one of them. But uh, my last prediction, I'll think of one in the next five minutes to add to the fifth, is Star Wars Rogue Squadron will get a release on the Nintendo Switch Online Virtual Console this year. For the, the, any, the yeah. N64 expansion pack stuff? Yes. That'd be awesome. Yes. Yeah. And if they do that, it. then I'm sure Battle for Naboo would also be put in there as well. But yeah, Star Wars Rogue Squadron will get a release on the Nintendo Switch Online in 64 expansion pack. I love it. That's a great call. Star Wars has a weird relationship with the Nintendo, right? Like, didn't the... Like, Episode 1 Racer came to Switch before it came to PS4, right? Yes. They're like, all those games. And, like, there's... It came to Dreamcast. No after yeah, and the 64 i believe yeah but i'm saying like the digital versions like most recently oh, yeah. like i'm pretty sure like knights of the republic is playable on everything except for playstation like you can play it on switch but you can't play it on play- like yeah there's such a really? weird relationship yeah. between lucas and, and switch there yeah huh. you can play it on xbox that. because of the backwards compatibility but yeah. yeah they released the they released it digitally on switch yeah, I figured that was just on everything like Mm-mm. like the other ones were. That's crazy. I didn't know that. No, and it took a minute for uh, Republic Commando and uh, Episode One Racer to come to PlayStation. Like they went to Switch, I think, for like a month before they went to mm-hmm. to PlayStation. 
So like that's a great call, Coach. I ugh, uh, I'm jealous. I wish I thought of that one. That's really good. Austin, what is your fourth prediction? So we were talking about two minutes and thirty seconds ago about Konami, and I do think that Blue Point is going to announce a Metal Gear Solid remake this year. I really do think it's going to happen. Um, Blue Point had been teasing something Metal Gear related like years ago, like three, four years ago. Are you talking about their um, Halloween post? Yeah, yeah. They they so, also <laughs> yeah they also teased Silent Hill and yeah. uh, Castlevania. Yeah. So obviously there's maybe something going on with konami and blue point and we've had those rumors about metal gear and i think i really do think they're going to do it and i mean it would just be it'd be excellent i think it'd be a great way to bring back that franchise and um so much yes make work of konami's just forgotten child <laughs> i love it so much for my fourth i'm going to save my spiciest to last. Nintendo will announce two new Kirby things for the 30th anniversary. And I say that because like, you know, for uh, the Legend of Zelda one and the Mario ones, we got the game and watches. So two new Zelda th or uh, Kirby things like that. Maybe one is, you know, a handheld little thing like that. Maybe one is just a new game, just like a tease after uh, this, was it Kirby in the Forgotten Land after that comes out? Uh, maybe one is like one of those Kirby kind of like the Mario 35 or Tetris 99 things. But two new Kirby things are going to be announced. We need a Kirby All-Stars, man. Like those games are like really good. Like I understand they're not as complicated as like the more beloved Nintendo games, but like Kirby games are really, really good. Yeah, well, if they did anything Kirby this year, Elijah, that would be more than Nintendo did last year for yeah. for Zelda. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. which honestly wouldn't put it past him. I bet I, I think you're right. I bet we will see some Kirby stuff. Well, I did. Hey, see, we got two Zelda things yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I did see something where um, they might announce like a, a new Kirby game, something like that. So you're talking about the magazine article that when it was uh, transcribed, it basically sounded like a run-on sentence of man we love kirby and can't wait to announce a new game and look at this new thing and it was just it was like a run-on sentence of different things but with no period in the middle so it's kind of like d does that mean a new kirby game or just a new game is being announced or because i remember uh seeing about it and it's like it it was very unclear but i know exactly what you were talking about george what is your fifth and final prediction I got a fifth prediction and then I got like a, a, a general hope. So uh, I guess I'll save that general hope for the end of the conversation. But oh, my fifth, Georgie one Kenobi, you're my only hope. My, my fifth prediction. Again, I'm sorry, guys, but so much work has been going into short box summary, reading old comics. That's all I can think about is Marvel stuff. X-Men Legends, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Spider-Man 2 and other Activision produced Marvel games will be re-released on Xbox and probably Nintendo consoles. I think with Spider-Man No Way Home, like all of a sudden there's like a, a revitalization of like the Tobey Maguire properties. All of a sudden, all these old games are not 
irrelevant anymore. They have not been erased by Tom Holland. In fact, they have been reinforced by Tom Holland hanging out with Andrew Garfield, hanging out with Tobey Maguire. All these games are brand new again. And so I think Sony's releasing Spider-Man 2. Guess what? So is Microsoft. The 2004 (laughs) Spider-Man 2. But they're releasing Spider-Man 2 as well. And also, they're just so chummy with Nintendo, man. I I got to throw them a bone. I think, like, especially X-Men Legends in particular, I can see being like, okay, we'll throw you, like, one little, like, dungeon-crawling RPG. But, yeah, I think these games are all of a sudden going to have a second life. I think we're going to see, ideally, Ultimate Spider-Man, ideally Spider-Man 2, ideally X-Men Legends 1 and 2, hopefully Marvel Nemesis The Imperfects. And then I think it gets a little dicey after that. Like, I don't think we're going to see X-Men Academy. I don't think we're going to see random offshoots like that but i think uh there's a good chance we're gonna see some marvel properties revitalized i really hope they can get those marvel rights back and do that yeah and i would i'm so pissed that i'll never get a freaking platinum in x-men legends because that's all i've ever wanted since i found out about trophies but uh i will take a way to play them that's more convenient than dusting off my gamecube and playing it that way that's fair fair coach what is your last prediction okay so my last prediction is with my prediction of Breath of the Wild not releasing until next year, um, I'm predicting that at holiday time, not specific to holiday time, I mean, it could come out, but some point this year, instead of getting Wind Waker and um, Twilight, Twilight Princess. Princess HD remasters, okay, I'm saying we're going to get Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. That would be neat. And a full-on remake, like they did with uh, Link's Awakening. In that same engine? That makes perfect sense. That would be yes. dope. That yeah. is super smart. Yeah, and like they it. that team has made pretty quick turnarounds before. I mean, they did A Link Between Worlds, Triforce Heroes, and then um, Link's Awakening, like all in the span of, I want to say, like five years. Oh, wow. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them past them. I mean, this would be... Link's Awakening was 2019, so this would be three years that Grezzo has had to, to work yeah. on something. So yeah, I, I would not be surprised whatsoever. I like it. Austin, what's your final prediction? Okay. I'm going with a fun one here. Everybody strap in. We're strapped. <laughs> Elijah does in fact compete 52 games this year. Actually, <laughs> he surpasses 60 games. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> my faith, my faith is in you, Elijah. That you're, this is all running on you, so you better beat sixty games. I got you. I got you. <laughs> we were all making fun of him when he made that prediction at the start, but now, I mean, we're we're a few weeks in, and he's lived up to the promise so far. So I'm I'm convinced that he's going to be able to do it. I'm at four games so far. Well, hey, I thought I could do it. I made my my backlog quest log blog <laughs> i'm still really proud of that name <laughs> and i want to do the 52 game project where i beat a game a week and write like a review on it each week man i got the first like 16 down and then just ah, got punched in the face by a bad case of depression got kicked in the nards by a bad case of anxiety and then i also just didn't want to keep doing it <laughs> so it's tough it's an uphill battle but god if well, anyone can do it it's our own yeah. elijah loco lizard man steel i would say one of the big things that helps me is i have a bunch of shorter games i want to play like 
uh, a lot of the FMV games are like two to three hours long, and that's like yeah. the platinum. Uh, oh, baby, you think I didn't pad my stats? You think I didn't play Coming Out Simulator? You think I didn't play Emily is Away? Yeah, I played short games. It's oh, still, yeah, I've, I've two it's Emily's still, it's still got to to me. as well. I got the yips by week 18. It, it, it broke me, Elijah. It's a lot. It's a lot to ask of a person. But damn, if anyone can do it, it's you, Boopy. I believe in you. I got you. I believe in you, too, Elijah, which is why I made that prediction. So good luck. And I didn't. So obviously, Austin believes in you more than I do. Yeah. My final prediction to bring up the rear. I said we'd be coming back to it. Pokemon Legends Arceus will be one of the top five reviewed games of the year, according to Metacritic. So I that like means that it's going to have like a 98, 99, 97. I think above a 95, yeah. yeah definitely. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll find the out shortly. Reviews will be coming out yep, this <laughs> week. Well, 75. Yeah, just, just Rainbow Six Extraction. Is, it, sorry, is everyone here? Is everyone here grabbing Arceus when it comes out? Yes. Three of us are. Three of us are. Austin, you're not. No, I, I, I want it, but I just have so many games to play right now that I, I really can't right. commit to a, right, fair a, enough, a new fair game. Enough, fair enough. And frankly, I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm curious to see what they do, but I just, I've totally fallen off the Pokemon bandwagon since I guess Omega Ruby would be the last one I really played. Oh man, Shield really kind of Shield really broke me. Shield I thought was like kind of a a bad game. You know what's funny is I loved it. Like that was my I I, my first game I beat was Let's Go Eevee, and then Sword and Shield was the first mainline game that I beat, Pokemon game. So I'm fired up to see if uh, this year they're going to release the second Let's Go that's in the the second region, which is what mm-hmm. Pokemon Crystal. Oh yeah, What's, oh, what region dope. is that called? Uh, that was Johto. Johto. Yep. Johto. Yeah. Come on, Johto. God, that'd be dope. I want them to release one of those games every other year. By the way, I want them to do a Let's Go specifically. Let's Go because that game took out so much stress of the original games, and like it makes replaying them more fun because you don't have to just like sit there and do like battle grinding. Like those games are great for just like casual revisiting those old places i've got one final six prediction slash hope that i want you guys to think on there will be a public backlash to games that feel like work with constant grinding and that trend will start to slow down slash reverse by the end of the year and it will start with dying light too because it's already started <laughs> I love the rollback they've had. It's a 500 hour game. It's like, well, actually, it's 500 hours to hear every line of dialogue for every possible dialogue tree with every possible character. Really, the main story will take about 25 hours. It's like, oh, congratulations. You're a normal game. Like, you're a normal single player. Game. You could have said that Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. You had to start with 500 hours. Cool. Glad we worked you down. Games are getting too much. Like, it's one of those things where, like, this is supposed to be escapism. Please don't make me feel like I have a second job. And like th- that is like kind of why I stopped playing. Like I love the way shooting guns feels in the division. I love the way it feels in the division too. But man, I'm not going to check in for dailies. You know why? Because I got to do work dailies. I got to check my email dailies. I got to pay bills dailies. So like, please don't like make this like, uh, uh, make this so far removed from my real life that I don't feel 
an obligation to do it. I feel a desire to do it. And so I just want that to come from games. Like I understand the, the trend of like halo infinite having like, okay, your first like five matches you do. Like I, I get it, but also it's like, maybe you don't make it be such a pain in the ass to, to, to play your game. You know, like I'm not saying give everything away to everyone, but like there has to be a better way than what we're doing right now. Like I feel like it's like a chore to play your game and I don't want to feel that way. Yeah. But you're making me feel that way. Well, I mean, I, I have that same issue, not just with multiplayer stuff, though. It's like the the scope and size of games for me, it's like kind of becoming a problem. And, and admittedly, it's because of my lifestyle. Like I'm the only game I've been playing aside from Rainbow Six Extraction since the beginning of this year is Skyward Sword. And I'm only 14 hours in. So in the past three weeks, I've played like 20 hours of video games. and th- And that's just me you know I, I i don't really have too much time to just sit there and game but um just on the topic of halo it's like i i think about that game and and honestly i kind of think even though i was really highly um reviewing it when it when it came out i kind of think i don't like that game because of the way it's set up and it's just the the constant yeah go go do this go do this go do this and it's like no i actually kind of just want to like enjoy like a seven, eight hour story and not do all these checkpoints on a map. That That's why a lot of times it's hard for me to get into open world games because as much as I may enjoy the game, I feel like half my time is spent just running from point A to point B. And yeah. that's when the actual gameplay will start. Yeah. And, and like honestly, that- Elijah, for years, I didn't understand that complaint from you. I, I, <laughs> I thought you just really genuinely hated open world games for no reason, but I, I 100% see it now. I mean, the, the less time I've had, the less uh, less motivated I've been to to play games of that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, uh, by the way, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. 15-hour game. And, and awesome. Pure story-based, awesome. mission-based. That I, I love that game, and that was part of the reason. When I was in Saudi Arabia, you know, getting into the open world of Breath of the Wild, like, I I couldn't wait to get back into it. Right. I would wake up early before my shift started and played, get home after working out. I would play for two or three hours. And before you know it, I was, I was, I think I meant 300 hours just being in that world. Like I love just being in that world. But I also get what you guys are saying too, where you have to do all these side objectives. And it's a daunting task knowing that a game is. 25 to 30 hours right because um once once you have to stop for a while it's hard to get back into it mm-hmm. yeah exactly and exactly. that's that's like you know i have 16 to 18 hours into rainbow six extraction but i feel like i've been doing stuff the entire time it's not like i've been like oh three hours of that is me going from mi- the like I finish a mission. Okay, now I need to get to another one, and that's like I I like that game partly because it's I feel like I've actually played those sixteen hours. It's not part of that time was just spent going somewhere. Yeah, well, and it's easy to drop in and out, and I mean it's fun with friends, and mm-hmm. that that's the kind of stuff I've really been enjoying recently, honestly. Yeah, and games like games like um plat- platformers, you know, like for instance, Tropical Freeze, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend a lot of time to get, you know, to, to get, you could drop in, 
play a level or two and then go on with your day, right? And you're still making progress. And that's the type of game where if you don't play it for a couple weeks, there's like, there's no real story that you might forget, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no real story and it's easy to just drop in. Like it's not, it's not like, man, I haven't played in a while. And then you get in and then the time spent, you know, to go back to open world games, like, all right, now I need to get to the next mission. You spend 20 minutes doing that. And it's like, well, I need to get off now. And I didn't actually do anything. I had to do that with Spider-Man. I had to do that with Spider-Man. I got about six hours, maybe five to six hours in. And then I stopped for a while because I think I had training or something like that. And then um, last year, last quarter of last year, I, I got back into it, but I started all over again and then I got the damn bug for that game and I just couldn't put it down. Like I, yeah. I get, uh, I, I think every game starts as a 10 once you start playing it, you know, like, and I, I don't mean 10 is in it's perfect. I mean, 10 is in like, this is the most I could possibly enjoy what I'm about to do. You know, like you're always eager. Like no one's like bummed. They have to play a game like, right. Like that's not why we do it. But it's one of those things where, like, the less the game, like, lets me play. Like, if a game starts with, like, a six-minute cinematic, I, like, I automatically give it, like, okay, this game is starting at a B-minus right now. Like, this is not why I put a disc into my PlayStation. I put a disc into my PlayStation so I could, like, press buttons and interact and be, like, wowed, you know? And it's just, like, so weird that, that so many games, like, go out of their way to to tell instead of show. And I, I feel like we're getting a little bit away from that. And like certain games do a really good job of showing instead of telling you, but so many games also just get caught up in the trap of, let me explain to you why this is epic as opposed to showing me why this is epic. And like, I think like coach, like a tropical freeze, like the, like a perfect job of just being like, yeah, this game's like really hard and complicated. Let me show you how hard and complicated it is. And then it just lets you figure it out <laughs> from like the first screen, you know? Well, that's it for us tonight. Thank you for joining us on this predictions episode at uh, the beginning of next year. We will find out how we all did. Remember, if you would like to ask us a question, you can ask us at frame skip pod on Twitter. Or, yeah, right. Okay. Or at bit.ly slash frame skip Q. You can find Austin at on Twitter at Austin J Eller find George on Twitter at purplebird six one six. Also find his podcast short box summary, wherever you can find podcasts. It'll I, I, uh, searched for us or I searched for George and it came up right next to us and it made me so happy. You can find me on Twitter at local lizard man and find me on Twitch at local lizard man. Uh, this is the day or weekend the podcast comes out Friday night. sounds like we are going to be teaming up for some rainbow six extraction and Saturday and Sunday will probably be Pokemon legends. Boys, do you have anything to say before we head out for the evening? Nothing at all, except for George is frozen for me and he looks very happy. So thank you for, the cheerful face george i'll tell you what i tell my students at the end of every day or at the end of every class period go out break necks and destroy dreams oh i like it i like it 
when things get grim, be the grim reaper. There you go. Good night, listeners. Good night. Or good morning. Or good afternoon. Your choice. (laughs) Buenos tardes. (laughs) 